Hey, Samir. Hi, Nathan. How's God been working in your life this past week? I think it's been incredible. I think if you guys have been following this podcast, a few episodes ago, we were talking about opportunity. And in that podcast, I think I was talking about, or maybe it was that one or another one where I shared my thoughts on what this season is like and how I feel like this season has been expressing an opportunity if you can change your perspective. And um, recently, just God has been doing crazy things where I felt like the ideas and the plans that I thought were going to take years for them to come in fruition are now going to take less than a year or a year and a half. And it, it's been an interesting time through like famine, through some sort of crisis. God has been using that for my good. Like, and it's been reminding me of Joseph's story, how like there was a famine in the land and, um, Joseph was able to use that famine as an opportunity. Yeah, and, and God, like, like he was in prison. He he felt like probably like a failure, and God used that whole crisis to elevate Joseph into a position where he can minister and serve people. But it's so crazy. Just like I felt that my life recently has really been like, I feel like I find some resemblance in Joseph's story. And so like, what specific plans have you uh, experienced uh, a boost in? I think you guys know, I felt like I was supposed to go to Bethel. And I was in my mind, I was set that that's probably not going to happen for maybe another two, three years, maybe next September. When you had the money. When I had the money, not even this September, because this September, the borders might not even open up. So I'm like, I might go to Bethel next September and then I have to study for a year and then work to save more more money to do some other things that were on my heart. Like was, getting married. Like getting married or like uh, doing my barbering. So like that was like the time frame I had in my head, about a three year time frame. And then boom, out of nowhere, the school that I was wanting to get into or program I wanted to get into went is now transitioning to an online. And then the tuition I needed to save legit went from 16,000 to about 6,000. So my tuition went down by more than like 60%. And then the government is giving us $2,000 every month. So the money I needed to go for to pay for the tuition is being supported by the government. So it's like, all of it kind of worked out in its timing. And it's the sense that like, there's a verse in first Corinthians that I think that talks about how for every work God calls us to, he gives us the grace. And I think what I'm learning is that God gives us the grace. Like, And my definition of grace is not just forgiveness. It's this sense of like how Pastor Sam uh, defines it, like God leaning in and giving us a hand. And I find it that in God's timing and or his grace is always working in our lives in ways that I don't think we're fully aware of. And it feels like his mercies are not new every morning and his grace is not new every morning. But if we submit and are willing to yield to whatever he calls us to, he gives us this grace. And sometimes it's just beyond our understanding because we have no idea how these things kind of reconcile and how these things will come about. But we don't lean on our own understanding and we just trust God to bring it about. So it's been really a crazy way that God has been working in my life recently. But let me turn it to you. How's God been working in your life? 
if I might be totally honest, like the last week of my life, it, it's it's felt like I am living. Th- this is the best part of my life and the worst part of my life, and they're both together, <laughs> intertwined with one another. I've I've been extremely creatively productive. I've uh, been working on the podcast. I've been working on developing my art and animation skills. I've been editing worship videos for mm. our church, and all of that has kept me really busy. Alongside other things that I do on the side, like learning language lessons. And I, I, I would say that, like, I know I'm not bored. I don't think I could ever be bored. But on the other hand, I've also been feeling kind of miserable because I've been I've been staying up at ungodly hours. Like right now, I, I think I've been staying up for like 20 hours straight. I, I feel the need to just keep on working because like if, if I if I don't work, then I'm just wasting my time. I'm wasting the opportunity that I have. I, I don't really have a, a lot of other people that I'm talking to in person. Online, of course, there's there's still interaction, but like when it comes to like mm-hmm. in-person communication, that's not happening. There are certain things in my life that I, I was hoping to make progress on by now. And due to everything shutting down, I can't. And there's nothing more frustrating. Like, like for you, you're seeing that progress in your life, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like for you, you're seeing the end of the tunnel. Yes. I'm like in this season of my life. In this season of your life, you're seeing the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You can see Bethel right up ahead. You can see uh, your, I don't know, potential wedding right up ahead. And for me, there are so many things that I've been hoping for, for like years, and I'm still waiting to see something substantial Mm. ahead. And I'm just like, you're frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm asking God, like, God, why can't I just get a solid answer? Why do I have to keep hoping for something that doesn't logically make sense. And I'd like to say that I've been asking God those questions, but if I, if I might be honest, I haven't. My, my prayer life hasn't really been the best mm-hmm. as of late. And I, I don't know if it's just because like, I, I don't really know what to say to God or if it's because like, I just, I don't feel comfortable with the idea of talking to an invisible dude. Can I just maybe, let me give it a different perspective too though. Cause I do sense that I am more at the end of the tunnel but I've been walking in this dark tunnel for about three and a half, three and about half years in a dark tunnel, trying to get to that light. And Nathan, what I think though, that is something, if I look back and reflect, cause I know you're in that, you feel like you're in that tunnel right now and you don't see really the light at the end. But I, I honestly, I don't want to be cliche, but you've observed this, so it won't come off so cliche, but I've learned so much in the journey and in the process in in ways that I can never, I think were more beneficial in the long term than they would have been if I just went to Bethel right away. Yeah. And I think like living with you, living with the roommates before that, all that teaching me discipline, teaching me somewhat about finance. You taught me a lot more on finances and being very shrewd with your money and a lot of hard work and not being lazy. And then the whole journey on trying to get to Bethel has felt like a years and years and years. 
But along the journey, I've sensed that like God has brought people in my life that have given me different skills, taught me different things and have equipped me in different ways that even though I felt like I was supposed to go to Bethel to be equipped for ministry, I felt like even the journey to go to Bethel has been an equipping experience that when I look back, I'm like, wow, thank God that I got to roommate with all these different people and I've learned so much from these people because for me, I would have never even thought of it being valuable to learn. Like I would have never thought it'd be very valuable at at 18, 19. I wasn't thinking that way. So in a sense, what I'm trying to say to you is what I think what God did with Joseph, like in the journey in him trying to become that journey of him being in prison, that journey of him, friends kind of just bailing out on him, that journey of him just working at as a man and trying to do the right thing and doing and they're doing the right thing, falsely accused and actually not turning out for his good. But in all of that journey, I feel like there's these key moments where we see like, I think in one verse it says, to, God says to Joseph when he falsely gets accused for rape and he's in jail, that God's st- steadfast love was with him in that moment. And how like throughout this whole circumstance, like at the end of it, God used it for his good. But it's like, if you were in Joseph's feet and you were trying to see this thing come about and you'd be like, where's God in this? Like, and it's so easy to question, like, like, how is God working this for my good? And what is God trying to teach me? Because I don't feel like I'm learning anything in this moment and and you can get so discouraged and you could beat yourself up. I was watching this YouTube video last night, which for me is this morning, and it was Phil Vischer. He's the creator of Veggie Tales. It kind of revolutionized Christian entertainment in a number of different ways. And for the first couple of years of its existence, it was wildly successful. And then Phil Vischer thought to himself, hey, I'm going to try and grow the company and make it larger. I'm going to put out books. I'm going to put out video games. I'm going to be putting out these spin-off TV shows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be putting out a movie. And all of that attempt at expansion ended up bankrupting the company. In that process of losing the characters that he had created and loved, losing what was essentially his life's work, yeah. he was left in this uh, position where he had to ask himself, well, God can do anything, so why couldn't he save me? And why couldn't he save the company? And the answer that he came to eventually realize was that this, this was about letting go of his pride and drawing closer to God. And I think, I know this is a lesson that I need to learn for myself. In this time where people are doing nothing with their time, What people should be doing is that they should be growing closer to God above anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I'm doing right now. It's not something that I I can do right now because uh, practically speaking, I'm on the verge of passing out. Once I wake up after I'm done recording this podcast, maybe I should just take the time, read my Bible, pray to God, start asking God some really hard questions Mm. instead of just like rambling on in the middle of a podcast about no, I think, my insecurities. No, I think it's, it's good. And I think, I think um, you should do that. And, and I, I'm struggling with this too, but like try to, cause I'm, I'm like you in some ways where I have a hard time falling asleep if I'm not tired. Unless you're watching lost. Unless I'm like laying on the bed and watching <laughs> lost. Like, and I, no, no, no. 
What actually makes me sleep at night is not so much because it's late and I'm laying down. It's because I'm waking up so early that by the time it's night, I'm actually exhausted. So, like, what I've noticed what works best for me is, like, you have to wake up at a certain time every day and continually do that. And then you can't, because you can't control how tired you are at the end of the night. So, like, if you wake up, if you make a decision, I'm going to wake up every day at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. and you discipline yourself to that, like, you naturally... By the end of the night, you will have to go to bed because you're so tired. Or you'll try to go to bed, you know. But but if you make it a consistent wake-up time, like if you say 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock and wake up every day, there's no way you're going to be doing 24-hour times if you're waking up at 9 every day. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it Maybe. Kind of, it becomes a self-mechanism, but what do you think? I've never had a consistent sleep schedule. Mm. Even when I wake up early, I don't necessarily feel the drive to get up out of bed. Unless I know that there's something at stake. For example, if I don't get out of bed in order to meet this appointment, then... You'll stay in bed. I'll stay in bed. And then maybe you have to create yourself like a a morning schedule or something. Or a schedule that, like, I want to do my editing at 10. I want to do my podcast at 11. Like some sort of schedule that does require, like a self-imposed schedule. Yeah. And not so much as like an appointment or something that you can't really... Control, but I think you're great, man. You're doing great, man. I think you. I've, I've been. I've been observing you, and you, you've been like pretty productive. Just rest too. <laughs> Try to find ways to rest. Maybe I think that's actually your. I think you're doing. You're more on the extreme side of like you're doing so much. You're like editing, film, video, and then it's like you're not a computer. You need to rest. You know. Well, I I feel like a computer, except <laughs> I'm a computer that's on all the time. And then I start breaking down. Exactly. And I need to restart, but I don't want to restart. Yeah. So what's your, like, I guess this, maybe because this was not at all our intended no, not direction for the not podcast. Not at all. But I guess a good question is how do you rest? Like, like, cause you're just saying how you're like a computer and the way then you crash and then you restart. But what do you think is the best method of rest for you? Like, what are the things that restore you refresh you to restart your week again or to restart your day again or what what are those things for you or do you even have have you ever thought about that i don't know i'm i'm the kind of person who if i if i start resting then i feel like i'm doing something wrong i feel like i'm wasting my time there are things that i do which i find great enjoyment in which you might consider rest Mm -hmm. i like playing video games I like reading books from time to time. You don't like walks? Usually when I'm outside and walking, I have a backpack on, and the backpack's pretty heavy. So it's, not the, it's more like... A, I don't walk a... recreationally, if that's what you're asking yeah, me. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Because sometimes I like to walk when it's sunny and it's really nice. I don't have that same desire. Yeah, maybe... But I think those things are good to even identify. I think because even for me, I can go too extreme on one end where I'm like trying to be so productive that I've actually recently have been setting aside my Saturdays just to be days of rest where I do things that I know that refresh me. Like if that means sleeping in, if that means meeting up with people, like I love catching up with people and I think that gives me life. Not too much though. But like I think that also has to be in our schedule because we can tend to overwork. Do you find it weird that like you have to schedule this idea of rest in order for it to be worth it? Like rest needs to be purposeful. You need to 
say to yourself, at this time, on this day, I am going to stop. And I am going to focus my attention on not doing anything. Let me tell you why I think it's so important. Like, I think having a girlfriend, one thing you'll realize, what I've realized is that girls are so much more self-aware than guys. Like, I'm talking about, like, they're more aware of things about themselves, like... And one thing I've realized about Faith and and she realized about me is that's one thing I realized about Faith. Well, one thing she brought up to my attention was when I get stressed, I have certain patterns in which are like, I don't eat. Like I'll legit go through the whole day without eating if I'm stressed out. Or when I'm stressed, I just become this workaholic and I just do all these things. And I've I've been doing this for years and I've never even realized that was some, a pattern that I was, that I do naturally. So now knowing that about myself i'm like because stress comes in different ways and you don't always you don't always anticipate stress but what i've realized is i have to actually schedule time where i have to eat at this time every single day because yesterday like i crashed like i crashed crashed because i was stressed i was running around trying to get things done and i was so exhausted i crashed and i couldn't even get out of bed like i was so tired because it's not because I, i was doing so much work it's because i my coping mechanism to stress was don't eat, just get things done, get things done, forget food. And then now that I'm more self-aware, I actually have to schedule eating because my natural tendency is not to eat. Do you ever think about just carrying a chocolate bar around? Yeah, but that's not like the most nutritious thing to eat. So that I'm just answering that question of like, is it weird to schedule things like rest purposely? I think it depends on you. I don't know. What do you think it's like, what is your tendencies in the sense that do you rest well and why don't you rest well and what could be the like what are the things you could schedule into your life that makes you do the things you should do that can rejuvenate you to kind of keep going first of all reading my bible reading more books in general if, if i'm reading like a, a non-fiction book that contains information that i feel is valuable uh that's that's something i consider to be a good use of my time that also happens to be restful. I don't necessarily enjoy walking recreationally, but I do love going out to graveyards and walking around grave sites. Yeah, you have to explain why, because that just sounds creepy. Okay. Context. Um, so like, I, I really like the idea of walking around these tombstones and reading people's names, reading uh, the dates they were born, the dates they died, and sort of just like, imagining to myself the backstories of these people, why they died at that particular age, uh, what their life might have been like here in Edmonton. It's really good for stirring up imagination. And like, I think, I know it's not for everyone. No, for sure not. But like, I find graveyards to be peaceful, soul-stirring, in terms of what else I could be doing for quote-unquote rest. Do you like a nice meal? Not like... Peas and noodles, but like I don't care, dude. You don't you don't care to eat a nice meal. No, not really. You wouldn't find restful. No. Here's the thing. In order to eat a nice meal, you need to be able to cook a nice meal. And in order to be able to cook a nice meal, you need to be able to invest time and money into creating that meal. But do you think that's okay? Like I'm talking about, like maybe you said it aside. Every two weeks, I'll go out to it. A restaurant by myself and sit down, and enjoy a good meal, and walk and go back. Well, that's assuming the restaurants are still open. I know, but some people I would love I would do that, or some people I would like even 
I would find really wasteful if, like, sometimes I just drive around in a car with jazz music, <laughs> with no one. I have no purpose, no purpose to go anywhere. I just like to drive around with jazz music, and it gives me so much rest. Like, I get refreshed by that, and it's like I know it's, we're just so different, and what we find so restful is actually interesting. Once again, I'd say that like video games are a nice form of rest for me. I don't. I, I, I guess, like, the problem is, though, like, video games can be a massive time sink. Especially if you're, like, going for 100% completion in a specific video game. That can take a lot of time. And, and once again, like, in this season of my life, I'm thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, I have to, like, focus on animation work yeah, and yeah. video editing work and editing this podcast. But I think, like... That's why you have to schedule it. Because if you don't schedule it... But you don't schedule 100% completion no, in the video game. You don't schedule 100% completion in the game, but you can schedule... I want to play live for like an hour or an hour and a half. Like I want to pl- play live Call of Duty for an hour and a half or something. I don't play Call of Duty. I, I, I don't, I'm just using that as an example. But my point is, you find that entertainment, you find that rest, then you can get back to doing what you need to do. But that's why if you don't schedule it though... Then you go too extreme. You go too extreme where you're like a workaholic that doesn't know how to sit his butt down. Or you go to the other extreme and you become a, you become a lazy dude that doing nothing productive at all. And it's like, but if you schedule everything with an essentials to restful things, like I find that then it's like that balance that we need in our lives, you know, and we need that balance. If we, And I find that scheduling things brings me that balance that I need in my life. But what the same thing that does bring, I find both of us rest, this is a good way maybe to conclude it, is we both enjoy watching Lost. And we kind of have to schedule that in advance. We, ha- we do have to schedule that. And I find it very, very... I, I sometimes tell uh, Faith, I have to go home. I want, like, I need to go home. Like, like I, I get, like, I'm so tired at the end of the day. I'm like, the one thing I want to do right now is just go home and watch a couple episodes of Lost. And I find it so entertaining, so fun, even the conversations afterwards. One, one thing that I want to uh, mention, like, we're both Christians. Yeah. We've both been talking about rest, even though it's not our intention. I, I think the concept of rest in the Bible is very important mm-hmm. because, like, God rests on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells the Israelites to rest their crops every seven years. Mm-hmm. He he gets the Israelites to kill each other if they don't follow the Sabbath, which leads to some interesting conundrums later down the line. And and so, like, first of all, are you glad that God has put forth these commands and stressed the importance of this idea? Just so that, like, we as humans can just take a step back and say to ourselves, it's okay to let go of mm. what we're obsessing over mm. in our work. Because God, the most powerful being mm. in the entire universe, was able to do the same thing, both as God and as a human. Are you glad that you have this. Okay. I, I'm beyond glad. I think when I'm realizing as we're talking about this is that it's funny that God has to command it. God has to command his people to rest. And I think one of the root issues I think with why people don't rest is I think there's a level of unbelief. 
I think people, like you look at in New York, people work six, seven days straight. Because there's a, in the deep route, and then you ask them, why are you working this much? They're like, I need to provide for my family. I need to, you know, do this. Or there's a level of unbelief that maybe God won't support me. Uh, God won't help me. But I feel like what God wants us to do is not to overwork or not to underwork, but in the middle to work with him. And I think if you can be that balanced person that does work for the Lord, whatever you do, you want to glorify him, but you also want to glorify him in resting because resting is like showing that, God, I trust you. That level of faith that in this, this is actually me exercising my faith to say, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. You'll figure out my anxieties, all that stuff I put in your hands. And I think people can naturally not depend on God if you leave them to their own devices and they'll try to bring about everything on their own. So I think God commands it so that it's for our own good so that we can rest in him, so we can trust him. And I think we need to exercise that faith in our days off. Okay, we've been talking about like physically resting a lot, yeah. but I think the Sabbath is more than just this physical rest. I think the Sabbath, I heard someone say it this way, was that when God rested, it was that God was like taking a step back and he was in awe of what he'd done. He was taking a step back to kind of to observe and to look upon what he'd created and to kind of like, you know, to kind of just meditate. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to stick it, to just rest in what you've done and to just admire it. You know what I mean? And I think when you translate it in the new covenant, I think what I'm saying is, I think the Sabbath for us Christians is meant to be a day where we stop working so we can meditate, so that we can reflect on what God has done, maybe on the cross, but also what God is doing in our lives. And to, because we can tend to easily forget completely what God has done or what God is doing in we need those, that day to just observe and uh, meditate. But that's my... So I, I, I'm i thankful he commands it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Are you also thankful that we don't have to die, even if we do go against God's commands? Yeah, no, thank God. I think, thank you, Jesus, that we're not under the law. <laughs> yeah. So I am beyond thankful. Beyond thankful that my head, I'm not going to get stoned because I don't want to eat a Kit Kat. <laughs> you know, uh, what about you? Are you thankful? Yeah, I'm thankful. Because, like, if that was still in effect, I'd, <laughs> I'd be dead long ago. Uh, yeah, no, that's good, man. Me too. I think so. I think all of I think most of the Western world would get stoned to death if that was still in effect. It's a good thing that we're all still alive. We're all still alive, and it's funny. I feel like even though people are in quarantine right now, people are still not resting. No, you know what I mean. People no. are like anxious beyond measure. I heard like everyone's yeah just running around. So practically, I want to ask you how can we rest in God more? Maybe for people that are listening, they're like challenged by this, or they want to actually apply this in their lives like what are some things you would say like that you want to apply in your life but also you would encourage them to like how can they rest more in god i i I would say for my own life i want to be able to read my bible more and i want to be able to pray to god more not just like in a whole dear god thank you for this and this and this please do this in my life and this in my life the end amen i want to get to the point where i'm actually having a conversation with god Mm. where I'm asking him questions. I'm getting a response back. Mm. I'm not just like listing out bullet points 
but I'm, I'm actually being genuine with my words. And, and so I, I think that's probably a good starting foundation for rest. Worship music is also a good thing. I've heard that some people can apparently listen to worship music and pray at the same time, but I'm not that kind of guy, so. And I think I want to add to that. I think that's good points. And I think the last point I would add is try to schedule it as much. I think scheduling times to spend time with God, scheduling times to physically get physical rest, but also spiritual rest and psychological rest. Like all those things are good. And I think we just, if we don't schedule it, we'll forget about it. There's no accountability. One thing you said that's really good is having just an organic conversation with God or a very genuine conversation with God instead of just listing bullet points. I think a lot of Christians could fall into that where just want to say four or five things and then we're done. It's like, but we don't want to like talk to him like if we were like talking or not. Well, it's a little hard to talk to an invisible guy, right? No, but I think I've realized I, the way I look at it, like I want to reason with God. And what I mean by that is like, what, what we tend to do is like, we, when we have, we have plans, we have ideas, we have things to do. So what we do is we reason, how am I going to do it? How am I going to, what, what do I want to do today? But I've been recently trying to reason with God where it's like, God, I've been thinking about doing this. And, and it's so weird. And as I'm doing, and I'm, as I'm having that kind of conversation, it's like, I've been thinking about doing this and I want to do it like this. And then I'll get an idea or I'll get a, a thought. Or I'll get like a clarity on something as I'm reasoning with him. So it's like, I just in- invite him into my reasoning. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a bit different than me just, how's your day? It's- so, so, it's, so it's like, instead of saying to God, hey God, this is what I want to do. Now come into my life and make sure it happens. Yeah. You're instead going to God and saying, God, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want me to do in tandem with what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Is there some point of compatibility here? And if not, what do you want me to do instead? Yeah, kind of like that. That exactly what you're saying. It's like that. It's like a partnership. It's like you're kind of like you're talking it through with the person instead of you give a list and then they say yeah X or no. And it's like, and re and I think even just sharing your thoughts about why you want to do it. Like, hey God, I want to do this because of this, 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 this. It's like you just legit are talking to him. And by the Holy, the Holy Spirit will sometimes just he'll navigate you. He'll give you like a verse or he'll give you an, an unction or he'll give you something that just tunes you into like, and you feel peace. And I think that's a good indicator too. If you feel peace about what you feel like God's saying to you, like, this is good. Uh, I kind of see that as a little fallacious. No, like, I mean, not as absolute. Yeah. Just, yeah. it's a good guide. It's a guide. It's a guide. Peace is a good guide. Obviously, there's other things that have to accompany it. It can't be like, feel peace to kill you right now. Like, you know, obviously that would go against God's word. So, Unless like, God is specifically commanding you to kill someone. I don't think God will, because his, his spirit won't ever tell you to do something that's against God's word. Because the spirit and the word are together. They're not going to contradict each other. So... Maybe in the Old Testament, obviously, because the Old Testament, there's a progression, progression in revelation. But I think right now the revelation has closed. So I don't think God could tell us to kill someone now. But yeah, this is, no, this is a really good conversation. I think whatever this became was meant to be. And I feel like God had a purpose for how this part. And it came out of like ramblings. Ramblings and... It was weird how it kind of came together, but yes, really good. I found I found it to be really helpful. And I'm about to pass out right okay. now, so we need to finish up the conversation. 
See you guys later. This has been Because We're Not the Same, a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray, and co-hosted by Samir McConan. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.